Welcome, this is the Sales IQ Podcast. My name is Luigi Prestoninzi, and I'm on a mission to help salespeople be the best sales professionals they can be. Each week, we'll bring you a different message from thought leaders from around the globe, so we can help you master the art of selling. Have you ever set a goal, a big, hairy, audacious goal that when you set it, you looked at it and thought, oh my God, how am I going to actually achieve this? That it frightened you a little bit? Because that's what this week's guest did. He set a goal. He set a target that for many would say it was unrealistic. He set a goal to achieve a million dollars in commission in one year. Now that's massive when you actually think about it. From a sales perspective, that's huge. That's not how many sales he's got to make. That's how much commission. And obviously he's getting a percentage of the sales that he's making. So the actual number of sales that he needed to make was massive, but he didn't just do it once. He's done it multiple times. And that's what this week's session is all about. We're going to talk about what Brandon did to build a pipeline to enable him to make a million bucks in commission. And it sounds wild, but what I love about this episode is Brandon talks about why hustle, why you've got to hustle less and focus more and why the bro culture, why the culture of, you know, working all night and, and working 18, 20 hour days as a badge of honor is not the way in which you need to approach things. This really did connect with me because I am, I get a bit obsessed sometimes when it comes to working towards a target and I do struggle when it comes to balance. And what I loved about what Brandon shared is, is Brandon shared some of the unintended consequences that occurred for him when working in his career, trying to achieve a particular target and why he needed to make a shift and really focus on health and focus on thinking differently about the world of selling. And I think for any of us who have experienced some highs or lows, this is going to be an incredible episode with so many incredible takeaways, especially as you're working towards your plan or you're building, or you've already done your plan thinking about 2022 and how you're going to go about building on the success that you've achieved in 2021. Brandon's going to share a little bit about the journey that he's been on and how he come up with his formula to achieve such incredible results. Welcome to the show, Brandon. Yeah, thanks for having me, Luigi. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. I mean, we've obviously had a bit of a dialogue before the episode started, but for all of our listeners tuning in and also watching, just before we get into today's episode, we've got a really cool episode on how you can make a million dollars in commission, because I think that's a, a really unique episode for most sellers who are, who are out there trying to achieve a, a particular number. But your background, the turntables, you've got an incredible <laughs> setup. Tell us about you know, one of your passions outside of selling. Yeah. So I, I really learned to teach myself how to DJ out of necessity back when I was living in New York City. So many moons ago before earning millions of dollars in commission, I had to supplement my income just to pay the rent. I was working two jobs at the time. So my sales day job <laughs> as an account manager, and then I would spend records until two or five in the morning, depending on the night, just to pay my rent. Uh, which was often late, by the way. <laughs> so as a young 20-something, I got into it out of necessity, but really actually fell in love with it. Funny enough, it, it helped me with my sales role. One, the company where I learned to DJ, this was Scratch DJ Academy, and this is my homage to Jam Master Jay of Run DMC. He co-founded a DJ school uh, called Scratch. 
Yeah. And I learned to DJ there and I would just go and I think you could pay like 20 bucks for an hour, just like practice. I, Cause I didn't have my own turntables. It was the only place where I could go practice. And then I just became friendly with some of the folks there because they started hiring DJs to DJ department stores like Bloomingdale's and Nordstrom's. And they started booking me once I started getting halfway decent. And then I eventually landed a job there as, uh, as an account manager trying to uh, sell music marketing solutions to the likes of Gucci and Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines and, and other brands. So it helped me very specifically get into sales. And then two just how to read a room because I'm, I'm more introverted in nature. So being able to like sit back, listen, observe, and see what I need to do to kind of bring people together and bring them onto the dance floor. It actually ironically was a sales skill that I honed from that. You know, that, that is a cool story, you know, like going from part-time job, getting the actual becoming a DJ and then connecting that. Cause you're right. Because the whole premise, especially I think, in enterprise sales specifically, if you're not able to bring people together and bring them on a journey and gain alignment and consensus, it can become very difficult to get the deal across the line, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly right. Yeah. You can't do it alone. You got to bring people in with you. And like you said, I think that's a perfect description. It's a journey, just like you're DJing throughout the night, early in the night, you know, while people are having their drinks and just getting, yep. getting, getting their feet wet, you need to, you know, warm up. You need to almost tell a story. It's the same thing in enterprise strategic sales. You got to tell a story, but you got to do it in front of the right audience, say the right things at the right time. Yeah. And so, you know, you mentioned that you had a second job. When did you realize that sales was going to be a career that would really shape your journey and your life to help you achieve some of the things that you've achieved in your, in your journey? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say that it was actually after, you know, so my girlfriend at the time, uh, who's now my wife, she had been living in New York City for a while. I'd been living in New York City for a while. We were young and, and knew we wanted to take that eventual next step and get married. So we were like, why are we living in New York City? She grew up in, in Sarasota, Florida. Uh, yep. That's where we live now. And we left to just try it out for a year. It was a year's experiment and then maybe go on to somewhere else like California. But uh, the economic, the first economic crisis hit in 2008. And for me, it was all upside because I didn't have any money at the time. We were sort of rebuilding and we didn't, we've never owned a home. So it was our first time to like buy in yeah. a home after the housing crisis. And at that point I was like, okay, like I am dedicated as a career in sales, because I've got to make things happen. I got to pay for the home. Like, who knows, we want to start a family one day, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was my, my first time, but I had to start over leaving New York city and going to a small town in Florida. I had to completely start over in my sales career. So I cut my chops in selling $45 print ad space in like <laughs> one of those local little papers that told you about the events going on. Yep. So I was yep. selling, to bars and, you know, small, medium sized business owners. And then, and then just had to work my way up the ranks to eventually small, medium sized business to mid market mm -hmm. to, you know, enterprise. And then, you know, now fortune 50 level brands. Wow. Pretty cool transition from transactional style right through to enterprise style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what was it like? I hope you don't mind me asking, but obviously you, you were a 
into sports kind of early yeah. in your in your days. Um, yeah, yeah. And then you've migrated across to to DJing and then selling. And, <laughs> yeah. and when did you realize that enterprise sales? Because there is it is different, right? I mean, what were the type of deals that you've put together from an enterprise sales perspective, the size of them? Yeah, seven, eight figure deals. Yeah. They're transformation deals, they're you know, multi-year type of deals that help like I said, a fortune 50 level company to fundamentally change their operations. And it's, it's going to be a phase rollout to, to achieve yep. that. So uh, major airlines, major healthcare companies, you know, major restaurant chains, you know, brands that people would recognize from Delta airlines to Chipotle mm-hmm. to United healthcare. Those are just a handful that I can publicly mention. So working with those level types of, of companies selling into them and, and, and selling transformations. And to tell me, right? Like, because I've, I've had some experience personally selling that type of size deals and transformation and it can be difficult, right? It can be a very yeah. difficult journey, especially when you've got, you know, to potentially dozens of stakeholders you've got to engage with over a period of time. Yep. Is it the commission that you did it for, or was there another motivation, like another intrinsic motivator that was driving you to really yeah. work through this journey? I think there was something intrinsic that I didn't quite know how to describe it personally at the time. I think I have a better grasp of it now that I've reached this milestone, you know, been able to earn seven figures a year, multiple years in a row, and and finally get into that place and realizing, is this what life's all about? Is it just about the President's Club? Is it just about a big bank account? And And the answer is no, but, you know, you see what I post on LinkedIn. I use those things as an invitation mm-hmm to get folks in the door, to get them curious. But anybody who knows me and knows my content, they know it, it's about scratching a level deeper and, and finding more meaning with, with what we do. And I think I had a part of me that, again, just didn't know how to explain it. And I was chasing at, at certain points in my career, I was definitely chasing the leaderboard. I was hyper competitive. Yeah. I wanted to be number one. And that caused sort of this angst and anxiety and like mental, you know, health struggles that like my whole identity was being, you know, number one on the leaderboard. Yeah. Interesting. So often, because then again, for for those that aren't following you, we're going to make sure we put in the show notes where they can follow because your content on LinkedIn, personally, I love it because you talk about you know, the less bro culture, less hustle and grind Mm -hmm. and more about the focus and what is required to achieve a certain number. And I think that's really important, right? Because I can't talk about other professions because I've only worked in sales my whole career, Mm -hmm. but there are unintended consequences to success in sales, right? It can impact your health, your marriage, your other relationships. And there's also consequences when you're not performing because it can impact the way you feel about yourself, your confidence levels, et cetera. Sure. Before talking about the time you hit, you know, that, that commission level, that seven figure commission level, um, where, what was the low point in your sales career yeah. that made you stop and really think about what is the mindset required to achieve the success that I want to achieve? Yeah, there were a few. I mean, there were, there were moments of like wanting to give it all up on, on yeah. life. Like I, I struggle with mental health issues early in my career. It's just kind of like asking myself, what's this all about? Like, what, how do I fit into all this? So I think another low point physically 
you know, landing in the hospital after having a stroke, a mini stroke, I, I, you know, lost my part of my vision and I didn't know what was happening. And after doing like being in the hospital overnight, getting a battery of tests and trying to understand what the hell happened, I was diagnosed as somebody who had a stroke and it affected my vision for a long time. But usually when a young person has a stroke, it's because they have a hole in their heart on, unbeknownst to them. It's a, you know, a hereditary condition that didn't, didn't occur or heavy drug use. That wasn't me. So it, the, the only thing I could sort of point to at the time was I was just working around the clock. I was wearing a lack of sleep as a badge of yeah. honor, hyper caffeinated at, at all times, just hustling and grinding around the clock. So that was a wake up call for sure. Like, well, some things need to change. Yeah. And so the health trigger. Yeah. Triggers you to change. Yeah. Unfortunately, like I, I didn't do it right away and I fell back into bad, some bad habits. And, and it really wasn't until the pandemic hit that mm. I, we were all forced to change our schedules. But at that time, I wasn't on a plane every week or every other week where it was common to just travel across the country to have a one hour meeting face to face, turn around, fly back. Yeah changing the time zones, you know, and you know what it's like, you can't eat well and your sleep is a wreck. But when the pandemic hit, it, it reminded me of when we didn't really talk about this, like early in my career, I was trying to be a professional footballer. And I spent a year and a half in Europe, primarily a year in, in Romania with a professional club over there trying to earn a contract. And when we went to bed, when we woke up, when we trained, when we ate, how much we ate, all those things, what we visualized, yeah. uh, all of that was sort of mapped out for us. And, and we got support on that. And, and we yeah. had to make decisions in our own time, like, okay, you know, no drinking alcohol and, and, and you know, watch what we eat and go to bed at, at, a, at a reasonable time so that we could perform well the next day because yeah. you wanted to earn a spot. You wanted to win that contract. So that when, when the pandemic hit, it reminded me of that. So I doubled down on things like, you yeah. know, looking and, and becoming aware of my sleep and so forth. And I try to correlate that to my sales performance. I realized things like getting proper sleep helped boost my performance and mm. actually accelerate deals. You know, I think I'm really enjoying this conversation, Brandon, because I'm connecting with a lot of the stuff you're saying, because, you know, I think in my career, the bad habits slip in quick. And yeah. I've got to be hyper diligent on making sure sleep. Because for me, sleep's one thing that I, I always erode my sleep because mm -hmm. I think it's one thing that I can erode to actually focus on other things. And yeah. short term, sure, I can get more done. Yep. But I often find though, I see some things starting to happen. Like yeah. my mood start to get, to get a bit frustrated about things. My, my resilience levels drop or my, yep. actually maybe not my resilience levels, my ability to cope with certain situations I find gets a bit harder. Yes. Um, then all of a sudden I'm finding it harder from a negative self-talk perspective. So I'm, because yeah. usually I'm a pretty positive person, but then on, on occasions I'll find, holy crap, like for some reason now that yeah. negative self-talk's getting harder. So I yes. have to combat more with the positive. And as you know, it can become yeah. a real challenge, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And I was going to say, you know, just to, to piggyback on that, it becomes you know, a vicious cycle. It, mm. it takes more energy to combat that, that self negative self-talk. Like you said, it could creep into your relationships, whether mm. that is being snappy in front of a, a customer or prospect or, you know, in your home with your, your spouse, those things play out. And, you know, it's, it's such a simple thing, 
but you're so right. It's, it's hard to do, especially yeah. when you're fed this pressure uh, of hustle culture. And you even see it from some of the top founders of, oh, I'm in bed by midnight, still firing off emails and I'm up at 4 a.m. for my workout. (laughs) And you're like, well, that's obviously the path to success is, is, is operating that way. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is why I think we, not even just sales professionals, right? We as individuals, because this is why I've cut off Facebook because I wasn't liking the curated feed. And I created that curated feed, by the way, right? So I can't blame anybody because that's there based on the things that I've engaged with. But even yep. Instagram, I'm noticing you like a few others are pushing this, you yeah. know, building the only light on. And I connected that, right? Because I'm, right. I'm more than happy to put the hours in to get a job done. We all know that sometimes right. you've got to be up late. You've just yep. done a discovery call or whatever it might be. You go, shit, I've got to get yep. my notes to them because this has got momentum and I've got to jump on it, right? Exactly. Yeah. But I think there's a difference between going, I can do what I need to do to get the job done versus... Yep. I'm going to completely forget about everything else that matters and just focus yeah. on this one thing. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that's a dangerous path yeah. that we can go down. Right. And high performers, I think, because I consider myself a high performer, especially in sales. And I say this, I can't say it in other areas because I, I have very, I struggle with balance. Right. But mm-hmm. I consider myself a high performer. And I think that's the, that's the risk. Yep. You get a bit, not addicted, it's probably um, yep. the wrong word, yep. but it can be consuming. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You can get obsessed with it. Mm. I was obsessed with that, those results. Yep. I was obsessed with those, those things. And you're absolutely right. So everything that you outline there, it's just like anything. There are going to be cycles. There are going to be cycles where you have to sprint. Mm. And not to over-index on the sales and sports analogies, but but it really is, I try to look at it like a marathon. And especially yeah. in enterprise and strategic sales, where it's a long sales cycle, yeah, absolutely. There are going to be moments. There was a, last December, an 11-day cycle where I went hard on closing the deal in, in literally 11 days. And we could get it done by the end of the year. They were motivated to do it. We yep. were motivated to do it. And you know, I wear things like whoop. And and so I could see what's happening with my sleep. I'm getting in the red zone, Mm. but I had the conscious thought to say, Hey, you know, after this deal's done, I need to recuperate and rest. Just like if you were running a marathon, nobody at this level right now could sprint a marathon, but at sometimes, Hey, if it's coming down to the finish line, (laughs) you might need to sprint to win that marathon, right? Or you, you might need to ebb and flow throughout the 26 yeah. miles. So same thing. We, we need to go through those ebbs and flows, but if we can align ourselves more with intrinsic motivation, yeah. something that's got a bit more motivational factor that will help us last through life, not just a sales cycle, a deal, a month, a quarter, even a year. If we can sort of start to push away the clouds and find something our yeah. true North star personally, that's when you can start to become unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. This is such an awesome conversation, Brandon. I think, you know, the key thing we're talking about how to make a million dollars in commission, but so far the key tactic that you've been speaking about is mindset is setting yourself up with the right environment and foundation and really being conscious about how you're going to be spending your time Yeah, and setting yourself up for, for success. So let's now talk about, I think this is a great segue into 
again, you talk about the fact that it's not a hustle mentality. It's a focus mentality. There are, there are ways in which you've designed your schedule to allow you to achieve seven figures. Yep. Do you mind talking us through that uh, recipe that you've designed for yourself that's allowed you to achieve that success? Yeah. So I, I call it again, sales doesn't need another acronym. Uh, so <laughs> hopefully you and the audience will forgive me and, and throw in another one out there, but they're like four pillars that I live by. And, and I try to just keep things super simple and I call it prep and it stands for plan, rest, effort, and perform. So yeah. that first one is, and then I, I look at it on a micro level, like earning a million dollars could be super in, in commissions could be super intimidating. Like, yep. no, 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 no way. Like actually when I first entered the seven figure earners club, I had an aspiration. I had a goal of, Oh, earn a half a million dollars for the year. Like that was my aspirational goal. Ended up earning a million and a half dollars. The first time I got into the seven figures club back in 2019 and, and when I look back and I like deconstruct that and think through like, what was I doing? I actually started to realize less, like it, it's not about earning a certain amount. It's, it's about doing things in a very intentional way. Yep. And so I look at the, the, the micro efforts is the single day, the, the single unit of, of focus that really we should, I don't want to call it obsessed about, but be hyper-focused on is a single workday. And so what I like to do is the last thing I do before I end my workday is plan out tomorrow. Yeah. And just by doing that simple exercise, I make life easier tomorrow. That way I can hit the ground running and execute. And by also planning, I get things out of my head so that they're not consuming me at night. I've emptied yep. my inbox. I've, I've planned out all the tasks that are important to me Everything's in a project. Every account that I'm pursuing is a project. It, it's all brain dumped so that when I do spend time with my wife, my mind isn't elsewhere. I'm not emailing that client at night. I'm not slacking with my CEO. I'm actually present. Yeah. And then that foundation will help me to rest easy. I can rest mm -hmm. at night. I can sleep well. And then, and then that allows me to put 100% effort into executing my plan and then I just measure my performance. And, 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 and when I measure my performance, I try to take the emotion out of it and think about being like a scientist. I want to be curious and I want to use the, the, the data points and I can point to things because I'm tracking it. Like, oh, my sleep was seven and a half hours and I, I was in four hours of meetings and here was my big win for the day. How do I replicate? And I'm, I'm feeling good and I'm, I'm yep. satisfied, motivated. How do I keep that going every single day? You do that, a natural outcome is earning a million dollars in SaaS sales. So that's awesome, man. Because I talk a lot about prospecting to people. Like you're in the top 1%, I would suggest, or I would assume you're going, well, hey, I'm at the other end. But there are a lot of people that haven't got, like they're stressed out because they're not, I think we see the data, like 60 to 70% of salespeople aren't meeting this quota, right? A lot of people that haven't got the stress of I'm overachieving, I'm, I'm working too you know, many hours to get my target. Others are like, I haven't got enough pipe. It's a different stress level, right? I think when you haven't got enough pipe, it's a completely different stress level. I talk a lot about the metrics, you know, know your metrics, know what, what activities you need to be doing to achieve your target. What you're yeah. doing is you're breaking that even further to go, actually, let's have a look at the habits. Let's have a look yeah. at what are the things, how do I structure my day on top of those activity metrics that allow me to achieve 
the number. And I love that. And I think you've helping me. I'm actually going to go away because I do the nighttime before big tick. I think though, my biggest challenge and you're really helping me sort of realize that I need to focus on it over the Christmas period is that detachment. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. and my daughter said it to me yesterday, I got a 19 year old daughter. She actually said, well, I was talking to you yesterday and you weren't listening. And I'm like, you know what? I wasn't listening. <laughs> I'm thinking about everything else going on and I'm not listening to my daughter who's 19 years old yeah. who wants my attention. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and just like, the hustle culture and wearing a, a lack of sleep, like a badge of honor, that becomes a vicious cycle and yep. this perpetual anxiety and this fear. And then you start making decisions based off of not you, but you're getting the pressure of like, Oh, just mm. discount that deal. Let's get it done before the end of the quarter. And you start to feel out of control. Just like that's a vicious cycle. The prep helps you to, uh, you know, have a flywheel. It, it's the momentum because it's coming from you. It's coming from an intrinsic motivation. And just as if you're having a great relationship and you're in the moment with a spouse or your daughter because you're fully present, well, that's going to play out the next day when you're in front of a, a C-level executive yeah. who's pushing back and questioning what you're putting in front of them as far as an, an ROI. Well, you'll be because you're re- well rested. You're feeling good about your life because you've worked, you've integrated work and life together. Yeah. And it's not about not working hard. It's definitely about you have to have a strong work ethic and you have to be smart about how you work. But it, it, it's also being present when you know you need to be present at, at the right things at the right time. And and so just again, living by like these four core pillars of planning and resting and putting in a hundred percent effort, concentrated effort, deep work. I'm a big fan of that. And then measuring your performance through curiosity, you know, do that every day consistently. It's just like investing. It's, it's compound interest that will pay you back and you focus less on the leaderboard. You focus less on president's club. You, you focus less on your earnings. Those will just be natural outcomes and you'll become more fulfilled from the inside. Yeah. And then fundamentally that'll go even further when things do get a bit tough because you've got that yeah. inner, that inner drive, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Cause you can always come back to your system. You can come yeah. back to those things like your morning routine and your evening routine. And, and those are, you know, showing things like writing some, one thing you're, you're grateful for or mm. reading every day, learning something new every day that you fall in love with. And that's your system. That's why I talk about, it's so important to, I don't talk about like sales tactics and techniques. I talk about developing a personal operating system that allows you to operate at an elite level consistently. Yeah. And I'm connecting with you so much, Brandon. And I think again, (laughs) because that's right. Cause like that's that operational rhythm that we need to drive. And I I often find that and and pandemic for me was, it brought the best out of me. It brought the worst out of me, sure. right? It was like a, a dichotomy, right? And I found myself because the gyms weren't open because mm-hmm. even though I run, I run and I, tr- like I try to keep fit. Like that's something that I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've had to make it a focus of mine for a long time. And I found that I, I was allowing the pandemic as a reason why I didn't have to train. Oh, well, the mm-hmm. gym's not open. I'll go for a run. I'll start early today and I'll run later today. And then by the time you get to later today, I can't be fucked on the front, right? It's <laughs> seven o'clock at night. Yeah. You're going to have yeah. dinner. <laughs> I can't be bothered going for a run. And then that was, which was a non-negotiable for me, become, mm. started becoming a negotiable. 
Yep. And the minute I allowed that to become a negotiable, it became, it wasn't in my top priorities, right? And yep. I felt, even though, look, I didn't put a lot of weight or anything like that, but yep. my mental focus actually yep. shifted. I found myself a little bit, not fatigued, but my ability to focus actually changed. Yeah. And I did notice that the minute I made it again a non-negotiable to train, you know, five, six days a week, all of a sudden I had more energy. Yeah. I felt better about myself. I was I had more clarity on calls. I was getting stuff done in shorter periods of time. It just had a yeah. domino yeah. effect, right? Yeah. I think one of the things lacking, and I think this is the best exercise anybody listening to this can do is take the time and write down your guiding principles. Just write mm. down those, those non-negotiables for you. Write down your rules of, of how you exist. It could be simple things like, I exercise at least for 30 minutes every day. I yep. don't consume caffeine in the afternoons after noon, mm. literally noon, or you know, more aspirational things, you know, whatever it is. But that's a, a really powerful exercise because you can always rely on those. We do it as companies, right? Yeah. But yeah. many individuals lack that exercise. But in sales, we're our own mini CEOs. Mm. We need to treat ourselves not just like the athlete, not just like the agent, but the, the agency and the, the sports franchise, like all of it, we need to, to take ownership of. And if we can just take the time and reflect and, and understand what's important to us, then, like I said, you start to move the clouds and you start seeing that North Star and it starts to shine brighter. And if you work on it every day, deliberately and intentionally, you keep the clouds from coming over and, and covering up that star. This is incredible advice. And I think, look, I think most of the stuff you're saying, like we, we know it. Like if you look, if I've got some books over here from Zig Ziglar and mm -hmm. um, Og Mandino and, and even Paul J. Meyer and some of the things that you're talking about, like they're messages that have been around such a long time, but I think yeah. knowing it and executing it are two different things. What advice would you have for somebody that's sitting here or they're listening to this, they might be on a run in the car going, yes, I know I've got to get it done. But every yeah. time I try, I, I can't, I don't hold myself accountable and yeah. I can't get it done. Yeah. What advice could you give them that's allowed you to move from that point of, you know, there was that moment in time where you were unhealthy, you have really yeah. bad habits. Yeah. How, if I want to make a shift, how do I make it happen and how do I hold myself accountable? Getting help to be accountable is, okay. is really important. So I accelerated my career once I started not only getting one coach, but you know, I've had great mentors built into my role. Luckily, knock on wood, I've had some bad ones too throughout <laughs> my, my years as we've probably all faced. But um, getting outside help, you know, investing in a specific sales coach, investing in a mindset coach who helped me battle through imposter syndrome. Because yeah. as I was having these, you know, C-level executives with a fortune seven company, like that's an intimidating thing mm. from, from somebody who felt internally, I, I don't deserve to be at this table. So getting help, getting a coach, getting a mentor, all those things can, can help. So that's like advice piece number one. Advice yeah. piece number two is those things don't have to come out of your pocket. You can also, we're in the, the, the amazing explosion of the creator economy, the, the, the knowledge era, the, you know, whatever you want to call it, where you can download a, a free ebook or you can go 
you know, watch YouTube, but do it systematically, do it intentionally yeah. where you can just carve out. And one of the biggest things that I did was I carve out 25 minutes to something that's important to me yeah. uh, every morning as a part of my, I call it the daily start routine. It's my morning routine before I give my first email away. I give my first Slack away. I give my first time for a meeting away. I give to myself first. And I yeah, think that yeah. is the most unselfish thing you can do, even though ironically it's, it's selfish, but give to yourself first, because then that puts you in a better place to give to others, your prospects, your coworkers, your, your leaders, your family members and friends. And that's killer advice. So I think, you know, I think we've got another couple of episodes in this episode, Brandon, because <laughs> we've kind of gone down a few areas here. I can summarize some of the things that I've took away from this, you know, that, that whole, that gratitude, I, I can see that you are grateful. You're, you're sitting there reflecting, reflecting is a big thing and you're planning the day before, which is really key. You're fundamentally designing a platform for yourself, a rhythm that's allowing you to kind of be the best you can be. And the mm -hmm. sales tactics are secondary and your sales execution is secondary to the mindset that you create for yourself. So this has been an awesome episode, Brandon. Mate, before I let you go, cause I, I, I could literally talk to you for hours. What's one thing no one knows about you that you'd love to let the world know in 2022. Oh, wow. I plan to retire from the corporate world at the end of 2022. Yeah. So this journey of becoming <laughs> a seven-figure earner every year has put me in a, a position to really, again, think yep. about what's important to me. And it's, it, it, it's, it's not the money. I, I want to be in a place to help others. I know that sounds like cheesy to some people, but doing this, putting myself out there on LinkedIn, it's been amazing getting the feedback, talking to people one-on-one -on -one, and just helping people. That's now my North star. And, and I want to, I want to systemize that. I want to be a content creator around that. So I'm working on that transition plan over the next That's year. That's awesome. I love that. I love the intrinsic motivator. I love the fact that you want to give back, you know, it just goes to show why you've been able to achieve success because it's more than just the money for you, Brandon. So mate, obviously people can connect with you on LinkedIn and we'll make sure we put the show notes of where they can connect with you. Is there anywhere else that they can find you and engage with you? Yeah. Uh, so just my website, brandonfluharty.com. I, I have a biweekly newsletter. I deconstruct how I've earned seven figures. I'm actually going to be putting out my first ebook to uh, the public sphere in early 2022. And those subscribers will get that at a discount uh, when it becomes publicly available. So yeah, you can find me there and, and get a bunch of uh, cool knowledge and as, as well as that, that ebook. Awesome. And we'll make sure when the ebook goes live, we're going to buy a bunch of copies so we can give to our subscribers, Brandon. So just want to say, man, look, I actually personally enjoy, like I very much enjoy your content. It really makes me stop and consider things that, I need to consider. And I think that's, yeah. that's really strong content when it makes somebody not just go, yeah, okay. But when it actually goes, Hey, it's hitting, it's hitting at a nerve. So mate, yeah. I want to say thanks for the contribution you're making to our, our community, because we, we need more people like you that have achieved success. You're a practitioner. You're not just a, somebody that's putting out theory and you're ultimately giving people a perspective on why they should be thinking about what they're doing and the impact it can have on them across multiple areas of their life. So I just want to say thanks for coming on the sales IQ podcast. Yeah, I appreciate that. And thanks for giving me a platform to actually put a voice to it.